Welcome to the Tilted Halo. This is a new podcast and it's for anybody who's a woman in ministry. You might be a pastor like myself, a bishop, a priest, a rabbi, music minister, elder, children's minister, whatever your title is, you're absolutely in the right place, especially if you're someone who loves your ministry and you're doing it well and you're feeling pressure to sometimes be perfect and deep down inside, you know you're not. And how in the world to deal with that? And men, you're absolutely welcome here too because this is about ministry and the same thing can happen to you. So you're all in the right place. Let's get started with the show. This is going to be a slightly different episode of The Tilted Halo because it's it's aimed more specifically for those of you who are women, but men stay here because you got to hear what those of us who are women face a lot of times. And sometimes you're the ones who are putting the pressure on for some of this. Um, Now, any of you who are the women in ministry, you know, you go to any kind of uh, thing where there's food and people bring food. What are you expected to do? In addition to all of the other things you do, bring something and it's got to be good. It can't be just something you pick up, you know, from the deli on the way. It's got to be something you make. It's got to be really something. Maybe the star dessert, maybe the best casserole, whatever it is. You're going to be judged by it. No questions asked. You're going to be judged by it. And what do they say about, well, everybody's going to be curious about where you live, number one, and about how well you keep house. Oh, yes, they're going to want to see. And if you have any of them over to where you live, if you live in um, a house provided by the church, that's even worse because that's their house and they have uh, they have feelings about how you keep that house and what you do with it. Um, I've lived in one of those, a parsonage. And um, yeah, we can talk about that as a whole different issue uh, because there's two sides to that. They want you to keep it spotless, but how well they maintain it, that can be a totally different issue on all of this. But, you know, They want to know that you are going to be a good housewife, a good housekeeper. And then what do you wear? How much makeup do you have on? What color is your lipstick? Do you have nail polish on? What kind of shoes do you wear? Are they open-toed? Do you dare wear open-toed shoes for worship? What about the neckline that you have? What about the length of your skirt? If you wear a skirt, kind of apparel you wear, whether how fit you are or not, all of those things are definitely open to comment, (laughs) comment, yes, criticism and judgment. Let's just put it on the table, criticism and judgment. And some of the ones who are most critical are other women in the congregation, Yes, that's true. 
There are the traditional roles that we play as a woman. It's cultural. We're never going to get away from it. But there's kind of the double standard there because we're expected to do all of those traditional roles as a woman in addition to all of the roles as a pastor. And if you have children, you're expected to be the mother who's better than any other mother. I have had other female colleagues tell me that when they have interviewed at a congregation, if they have very young children, the question has been, well, who's going to watch your kids when you're up front leading worship? No one asks the pastor, the male, that question. It's assumed that your place as a woman is taking care of your children during the worship service. And, you know, nothing about who's... Many congregations have a nursery. Nothing about, well, how many other members of the congregation would love to help, especially some of the teenagers, teenage girls there, who might love to play with your kids and take care of them and help you with them during the worship service. But no, you get asked, who's going to take care of the kids? It's a double standard, and there's the the pressure to um, owe and pay. <laughs> Can't forget that one. Uh, how much you get paid. Um, it's still not equal with men in many, many cases. It's still the question of you're the wife. If you're married, the assumption is that your husband is bringing home the majority of the paycheck. Therefore, you don't need to get paid as much. I've shared in a previous episode uh, about an experience I had uh, early on in my ministry when I was single. Uh, a young woman in the congregation during a annual church meeting uh, asking me in front of everybody else why I should get paid so much since I didn't support a family. The irony is that that young woman came from a family where there were like 12 children, um, but that really doesn't matter because I wasn't getting paid an exorbitant amount may have been more than many of the members of the congregation, but they didn't have a college degree, much less a master's degree, and their expectations of their job were not the same as mine. So my response in that situation, if you haven't seen that episode, was to ask everybody in the congregation, those other members present, who there got paid according to how many members there were in their family. And as I expected, absolutely no one raised their hand. That's not how we get paid. And yet the assumption is that as a woman, we don't need to get paid as much. But yet the truth is that there are a lot of women who are the major breadwinners, including those of us in ministry, might be the major breadwinner in our family. 
And even if we're not, that does not allow your pay to be devalued. What you're doing is of no less value than a male colleague doing the same thing. The exact same thing. There are some denominations that put out guidelines for paying pastors, and it's usually a pay range. My experience is that as a woman, many of us are still, if we're within the guideline range, it's at the lower end. And any raise, if there is such a thing, maybe a slight cost of living increase, but no real raise. And that's... It's real, but yet we know that that is not fair. It's just not fair. I'm going to go back to this idea of all of the traditional female roles. The criticism we get from the other women in the congregation is sometimes based on fear, a fear that because we're doing a professional role and maybe they're not, uh, if they have been uh, in the past a stay-at-home mom or do not have the same sort of degree or position that we would have, that we're seen as devaluing who they are. If they really treasure, and there's still a lot of um, the older women in a congregation especially, who find a lot of value in cooking for their family, in keeping house, in the way they've raised their children. Those are really important things for them. And please hear me. I understand that. And I do not in any way want to criticize that. But there's also the reality that many these days have a profession outside the home. And we know the tensions that are there for any woman who has a some sort of job outside the home that, especially if it's full-time, even if it's part-time sometimes, balancing out the traditional female roles with that profession adds more pressure, more stress to the job that we're doing, whatever that may be. And as a person in ministry where our, our work can be 24-7, there are times where, honestly, we're called out at a time where We'd rather be home preparing dinner because there's an emergency or there's a meeting that we have to go to that's been scheduled at a time that conflicts with uh, a child's program at church or a program at school or some sporting event. Those are all things that have to be juggled and balanced and deal with those pressures and those realities. And sometimes we just got to take a deep breath and say to the congregation, 
here is where I'm spending my time right now. Sometimes we have to say that to our family and say, here is where I have to spend my time today. I have to go see so-and-so because they're very sick or there's an emergency. I'm sorry, I can't be there. Or to the congregation, my child has this very important program and I need to be there. I can see this other person tomorrow. I can do something else the next day. We need to share some of those priorities with our congregation and let them know. But we also need to let people know about the times and the ways in which we're pulled and the, how do I put this? The added stress that brings on us that the expectations that are there to be 100% pastor and 100% mom, wife, housekeeper, all of the other traditional roles. And then there's also the pressure that we sometimes get from those of you who are male colleagues. Um, some of the things that get said to us that from either from members of the congregation or from a male colleague where we're assumed to be the right person to do something, to work with the men, women and not with the men, just because we're a woman, and or to go visit one person but not another person just because the first person's a woman and the second person's a man, that... No, we shouldn't visit this, this male over here because of something, just because of different gender. And yeah, there are things we need to be aware of and be careful about. That's true for men as well. There are things you need to be aware of and careful about. But, you know, we can't just limit those pressures or limit ourselves, I should say, to the one traditional roles that are there. Um, we can't just say, no, I won't do, I won't go visit this person because he won't like it. Or I will go visit her because I'm a woman, even though she would prefer to have a male colleague come. That's not what we're supposed to do either. We need to listen to the needs of our community. We also need to listen to our own needs. In the midst of all of these pressures, in the midst of all of that's, that's going on with the traditional female roles and male-female uh, gender difference roles as well, and I'm thinking about all of this and realizing there was a time where uh, early on in my ministry, I was wearing uh, a particular skirt. And um, that's when I still wore a lot of skirts uh, and in, um, in what I was doing. And had a male member of the congregation 
say something that was very much a come on. But it was in a situation where his wife was present and one of his children were present, was present as well. And it was totally inappropriate. I can tell you one thing, I never wore that skirt again anywhere around him and probably didn't wear it much at all any place after that. Not that it was too short or anything else, but his perception of that, while it was inappropriate, but it re helped me realize that there are some things where I need to be careful. I needed to be more careful with some things. And to consider what I wore and how that is perceived, but not to necessarily allow that to confine me. I didn't stop wearing skirts at that point in time, no. Um, but I did change a little bit of my behavior with that person in particular. Uh, and, you know, so we do need to be careful about being perceived in a more sexual way in what we wear, but also be true to ourselves. And that's a delicate balancing act. We need to be, you know, if you love to cook and are really good at maybe making a certain kind of dessert, by all means, take that to the congregational meal. By all means, do that. Or a particular casserole um, that is something that you know is really good, take it, do that. But feeling the pressure that you have to be that person, that you have to do that, that's not what we're there for. We are there to do the same sort of work that our male colleagues do. I don't know of any man in ministry, male pastor, priest, rabbi, any of them, who ever feels pressure to bring something to a congregational meal. Never met one who felt that pressure. Maybe told his wife, you have to bring this but never felt the pressure himself to do it. Um, maybe some of you as men feel some pressure to uh, like mow the lawn or do something like that, keep the outside of the house looking good or be seen as being able to take care of mechanical things around the house. Maybe there's some of that kind of pressure. I can't answer that. But I know that I don't hear as much of that from men. I do fear the pressure on women to fulfill the ministry roles and all of the traditional female roles as well. And that's, like I said, not what we're there for primarily. Yes, you're a woman. Yes, you can do these things. But that's, that's an added benefit not the primary thing that we're there for. So when you feel those pressures, let people know, hey, I'm not that great a cook or I didn't have time 
to do this because I was doing these other things. And I hope that next time I'll have the time to prepare something instead of bringing something. I don't know, whatever you think is appropriate, but just know that you are still a whole valuable woman in ministry, even if you don't do those things. And to realize the gifts that you do bring, to let people know what those are, to be very specific about them, share them, and emphasize them over and over if you need to, until people begin to realize those are your gifts. Maybe not be your casserole. It may not be a spotless house. But did you come bringing the message? And that's what you're there for. So take that to heart and come join me again next week because there's so much more. God's peace. You have been listening to Tilted Halo with me, Kathleen Panning. What did you think about this episode? I'd really like to hear from you. Leave me some comments. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share this episode. And catch another upcoming episode for more conversation on ministry, life, mindset, and a whole lot more. Go to www.tiltedhalohelp.com where I've got a resource guide and other resources waiting for you. And be sure to say hi to me, Kathleen Panning, on LinkedIn. See you on the next episode.